Hello and welcome to Retrospection. In this episode, we're putting pedal to the metal with The Highwayman, an American series from 1987. My name's Colin, and you're transmitting when you should be receiving. That is often the problem that I find, yeah. And my name's Paul, and I just want a man with a wrench and some wire snippers. Oh, do you? Um, oh, it's a, it's, a, it's a line from, from the episode. Oh, it is? Oh, yeah. oh sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I thought it was just... Yeah, yeah. It, but it was just your... Uh, Christmas list. Um, your grinder advert. <laughs> I don't have one, Colin. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, do you know? Do you know about grinder then? Oh, I see comedians talking about. Oh, it. is that it? All right, okay. Yeah. Okay. IMDb says a government agent in a super truck named Stealth. Did you not? I didn't know it was named Stealth. No, no. Okay. Oh. Oh. It is loaded with ultra high tech weapons, and a helicopter travels the highways fighting evil. <laughs> fighting evil? Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it says. Yeah. No, didn't, didn't we establish that IMDb is written by anyone? No, we didn't establish it. We mentioned that we thought it was. I think it might we be. We didn't actually establish it. Yeah. Well, I think that's more in line with the. Well. It's more in line with the TV series than this pilot, I think, mm-hmm. except for the fact that they don't use the stealth in any other episode except the pilot. They drop it after the pilot. Yeah, I read that. But he, he does kind of say at the end that he wants it taken out, doesn't he, of the, of the truck? He does, yeah. yeah. It's a stupid yeah. thing anyway, but we'll talk about that when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> so it's there, Sam J. Jones as a highwayman, Claudia Christian as Dawn. Mm-hmm. John Quaid as bartender, Paul Drake as deputy bricker, G. Gordon Liddy as Merrick, Michael Berryman as Chrome Dome, Brascom Richmond as Geronimo. All the names in this show are very like on the nose. There's very little thought. There's not. Uh, um, I mean, a couple of them sound like the. I mean, the, there's a couple of characters that are straight out of Mad Max as well. So they've got those kind of names, haven't they? Yeah, and that's another thing about the show. Is like, when is it set? I know because it's it's probably the nineteen eighties, but it also could be sort of slightly post-apocalyptic at times as well, and a little bit in the future, and who knows? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we get Vietnam mentioned. We do, don't we? So I'm guessing it's supposed to be yeah. like modern day. Uh, so it also stars Stan. I don't know if his name is Egi Eggy CGI as Toto. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Smith as Bo Zyker and Roddy Rowdy Piper as the Preacher. They were the two shockers for me. I, I didn't expect to see Jimmy Smith. But he doesn't have a good track record with the pilots, does he? <laughs> I mean, he. No, no, he usually gets killed uh, or off. Yeah, killed or cancelled. Um, but Roddy Piper really took me by surprise. That sounds like a good idea for a quiz show. Kill or cancel. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Today I'll kill a guy some poor word. No, you just want me. I know which one you would. <laughs> <laughs> Don't play the game. Don't bother. Just go. To... Well, I'm pretty sure that the longer that we do the podcast, Colin, the, the chances of us getting cancelled are probably quite quite high by somebody, anyway. Only slightly ahead of kill. I wouldn't kill you, Colin. You wouldn't. You'd be dead first. <laughs> Is that a line from this? It's, it could be. It's got dark, isn't it? <laughs> I haven't started yet. Yeah, we turned a corner here. 
yeah. Did you have any other actors you wanted to mention, or did I cover it all? No, I think you pretty much covered it. Um, Glenn A. Larson wrote he wrote this one, didn't he? The pilot. Yeah. And he yeah, wrote seven so. of the episodes as well. But then again, there's only what nine. Yeah, there's not many. Not many, no. The, the pilot doesn't really suggest the direction the series will go in because the series had episodes about androids, aliens. There's one that where they time travel back to World War Two and clones. Really? Yeah. Because this is oh. just kind of um, this is A Team, Night Rider, that kind of a thing, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. Where he's probably, you're expecting he's probably going to bump into, um, I don't know, a single mother who's been terrorized by a group of vigilantes or something or other, and he has to sort them out, and you know, that kind of thing. The vigilante, it'll be, the bike will be played by that big guy with the longer that's in everything. The guy that's in everything. TV. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, aliens and, uh, and, oh, okay. So, you've watched a little bit further on then, have you? I watched the first episode, yeah. Took one for the team then, did you? I did, yeah. And that had androids in it. Oh, okay. Was it good? Some of the changes are interesting, but I don't like his co-star. Isn't he some... He's a wrestler or something, isn't he? Or some, he's something like that. He's, he's, not a, he's not Australian, an I know that much. I don't think he was an actor, was he, at the time? No, there's not much on his IMDb. No. no. And and doesn't um, we don't get Claudia Christensen in the show either? Do we get um, Jane Bagler? Don't we? We do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Playing the uh, Devon Miles role. I'm sure that that's like that works a little bit better than this. Why? <laughs> because she's slightly more charismatic than Claudia Christensen. I think. I mean, there's not much to the role in the pilot. Anyways, she's on a screen all the time. Yeah, she's the voice of late night. Uh, radio isn't she <laughs> yeah which is a strange station but we'll talk about that when we get to it as well I'd listen I'm sure you would she's got a very good voice for radio I'll give her that yeah she's better than us what well yeah, that's true yeah uh, do you have anything else any info um, only that um, Rob Bowman directed three episodes you know Rob Bowman from TNG and um, I think he directed an X-Men X-Men no not an X-Men X-Files movie as well yeah i remember it yeah i I also read that some of the um elements for the futuristic dashboard of the truck were reused props from knight rider yeah they do have that look about they do i think absolutely i think it's the um you know the 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 digital power readouts they look exactly the same i think it's those things that are from the from the dashboard yeah Apparently, while the pilot was a a co-production between glenn a larson's production studio and 20th century fox the series itself was independently produced by Larson, so um, Fox got out of it pretty quick, from the sounds of it. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I read an interesting thing about the truck. The, apparently, the original truck um, was eventually restored, and it's currently being used by a mobile tattoo service called Highwayman Inc. in Texas. Yeah, but their website's down, so I wonder if they're still around. Oh, so you've had a look? Yeah, I had a look. Uh, yeah. Maybe they're long gone then. I wonder where the truck is now. It's just trucking away into the sunset. It's probably in a landfill somewhere, isn't it? All right, let's get on with the show. Okay. We open with long aerial shots of the highwayman standing on a rocky outcrop. Why is he on the top of this cliff, Paul? Looking <laughs> you know, binoculars? Do you know, I wrote the exact same note. My note says, why is he standing on top of the truck? Why is he standing on top of the cliff? <laughs> How did he get up there? 
Well, the truck's nowhere near as well, is it? When he's standing on the mountain. So he must have walked a long way. Well, you have to climb up that thing. It's, well, it's yeah. not a little hill. It's a rock <laughs> climbing job. So he rock climbed to the top of this outcrop that goes nowhere. It's just like a pinnacle. Mm-hmm. And then looks with his binoculars at something and then goes, ah, how do I get down? <laughs> Maybe he's looking for a helicopter. Get him off. <laughs> it could well be. Yeah. All he needed was an electric guitar that he couldn't plug in. And he'd look perfect, wouldn't he? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a weird, weird opening, but all right. It gets so weirder. Continue. It gets weirder in a minute with this voiceover that you're going to mention. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we continue with shots of his truck driving through the desert. And as these shots change, a voiceover continues. They say he came into this world from some place off the clock, that his mother was an ice-cold wind, his power a fiery rock. It's told that on some starless nights his rig could up and glow, and folks that say they saw it come swore they didn't see it go. Now you hear a lot of legends told when you ride the long hard slab, and some who say the man is good and some who say he's bad, but all agree who ever tried to play a cheating hand, you only get one chance to draw against the highwayman. I'm, I've, I've got chills. You turn your heating up, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that was very good. That was very good. I particularly like the little uh, accent that you were doing. That was, that was, that was excellent. Thank you. Mm. And then we see the highwayman draw his gun and credits appear. It, it, it's like a country and western song, isn't it? It is, but they tried to rhyme slab with bad. <laughs> I suppose it's okay. I mean, it's okay the way he, he, he says it because of the accent. Yeah, I'm not happy. <laughs> There's a lot of things you could have done. Now you hear a lot of legends when you ride the long, hard road. And some who say he likes his brownish straight. Some say he likes him a la mode. We've all suffered with a nice cold wind occasionally, haven't we? Here and there. We cut to a sports car driven by a young woman. She's listening to music. And suddenly, a bunch of bikers appear on the scene and start yelling at her. Is there a collective term for bikers? Like spanner of bikers, crankshaft of bikers? Toolbox of bikers. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that'll work. Now, did you recognise this uh, actress playing the student? Well, we'll say she's a student, but she's she's also somebody else that we find out later in the episode, don't we? But we won't. Yeah. We won't spoil yeah. it. Um, I did recognise her, but I didn't look it up to find out what it was. Okay, she's the uh, actress that plays the female student in Ghostbusters. You know, the one that Bill Murray's testing at the beginning? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So they harass her. And force her to pull her car to the side. I mean, she could just knock him off the bike. Yeah, she's in a car. They're on bikes. Yeah, yeah I'm seeing. I'm seeing yeah, the floor there. But okay. She gets out, and one of the bikers says, "We knew you were coming home from that expensive college, ma'am." Did <laughs> <laughs> why, why did he add expensive? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of uncalled for exposition in the dialogue in this program, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, we knew you were coming from. That middle to low budget college that you go to. <laughs> Got to say as well, the, it's the 80s staple of the rough and ready biker gang, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah, is. We... I mean, it's like there's a there's a shop somewhere in Hollywood Boulevard called Bikers Eros, and you just go in and get your biker outfit. <laughs> it probably is all the same clothes, you know, and the same bikes. 
Yeah. Yeah, probably mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Yeah. One of the bikers is called Geronimo. Mm-hmm. He's Italian. <laughs> <laughs> He's not. See, now that would be funny. It... That would be funny. Yeah. If he was Italian, that would, be, yeah. that, would, that would be a nice touch. But no, he's not. Yeah. No. So he goes on to reveal that they were old partners with her father. They started off in the war together. We were heroes back in those days. <laughs> Why is he telling her this? I don't know. Well, she, do, she doesn't know her. Yeah, but, but, she doesn't but still, know these guys. But still, why is, he, why is he telling her so much stuff about themselves? Well, their plan's weird anyway. Hmm. Um, so... We learned that they're part of a team called the Blue Bullets. That's right, yes. That her father was in, and she's, she's called Merrick. Her last name's Merrick. Mm-hmm. Either way, Mandy Shonsich is just a bullet, so she's aware of this team. And, and of course, one of the gang members has to show his bullet tattoo. Of course. I mean, how else are you going to prove it? Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. ID. Yeah. Look, Blue Bullets. Although, um, you know, you, you, you could also bear in mind that these tattoos look like they're drawn on. So, <laughs> and if anyone could get one, really, couldn't they? They could, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Mandy doesn't believe them, because if they were war bodies were father, they wouldn't be doing this. Although, they haven't really actually done anything yet, right? Because she pulled over, really. Yeah. They've harassed her. They've harassed her, that's all they've done. Her, but... Yeah. But Geronimo says they're not war bodies anymore. I'm pulling a knife out. He remarks that they are a little... On the desperate side. <laughs> it's awful, isn't it? <laughs> this dialogue is <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Shakespeare, Paul. Uh, is it really? Okay. <laughs> Reacher tells him to take it easy, but Geronimo isn't listening. But another member of the gang also wants Geronimo to calm down. But Geronimo says they're going all the way and waves a knife at them. Anybody else want to stop me? So... How was this plan originally presented? Yeah. So, and is he what? He's gonna he's gonna cut her up, is he? He's gonna stab her? That's what it appears to be. But did, did they sat around earlier and they're like, "So what are we gonna do?" Well, I'm gonna get my knife out, just wave it at her, and then we're gonna get back on our bikes and leave, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe he mumbled that part of it. You know, he was like, "So what we're gonna do is we're gonna." <coughs> okay, you got that? Okay, that's what we're gonna do. Yeah, he's drinking. He's he's drinking. He's like, um. So uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna grab her. <laughs> and then leave. Did it? What did he say? I don't know. Just go with it. Just go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's handy with a knife. You don't want to upset him. Mm. Mm. Geronimo though cuts a blouse with a knife. Ooh. But then they hear rumbling. <laughs> so oh, Paul's here. <laughs> <laughs> and they see a black truck like plane hybrid it's an interesting design Fun. isn't it it's an interesting design yeah it is yeah 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 and it and it thunders towards them i say thundering but it looks like it's having serious trouble on that road because it's not really a road it, a lot of the times in this it doesn't look like it looks like it's struggling a bit doesn't it yeah yeah <laughs> In the first episode, there's a cut they have to do where the truck is turning around in a car park, and it's quite obvious there's no way that truck is ever going to turn around in that car park. <laughs> is it one of those, you can't do it, so don't really show it properly, and then just, just yeah, yeah. hope everyone goes with it. Yeah, okay. The gang make further bikes, but they're too slow, and the highwayman drives his truck over the motorcycles. He comes to a halt and climbs down from the cab. 
So this is what war heroes do when they come home, he says to them. A standoff ensues, but the gang are unwilling to draw against the highwayman. They probably heard the narration, right? <laughs> probably. So as the jingle passes by... Now you hear a lot of legends when you ride the long-haired blacktop. Some say you can eat just one Pringle, and some say he can never stop. We can already see the, the, the mixture of Western and Mad Max stars going on here, can't we? It's, it's, mm -hmm. yeah. You would think it yeah. would work better than it does. Yeah, it sounds like a great idea on paper, right? It does, it does, but for some reason it just doesn't quite fly, does it? I wonder if that's why they push the Western feel from the actual series away. Try and co course correct it slightly from the pilot. Yeah, possibly, yeah. possibly. Quick question, quick question, quick question. Um, maybe I miss this later, and if I if I do, then just say yes, and then you'll we can explain it as we get there. But how does he know who they are? Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah. I mean, not only how does he know who they are, also how did he just accidentally manage to just drive past them? Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a bit out of order. You can imagine if if he'd picked the wrong biker gang and he just trashed these bikes for no reason at all. Oh, you think he cares? <laughs> Probably not. No, no. <laughs> it doesn't strike me as somebody who would worry about that. But that idea of them just happen, him happen to just find them. We'll talk about that mm. again in a second. Okay. The highwayman says he's looking for Bo Zyker, but Geronimo replies that he's not with them. Highway man tells them to let Bo know that he's looking for him. Geronimo shouts back, is he supposed to know what that means? I mean, <laughs> tell Bo the highway man is looking for him. It's pretty much self-explanatory, right? Well, I mean, they're a biker gang and they, you know, they probably, you know, won too many beers and, you know, retaining information at this point is probably... Not that easy for them. Ah, that'll be what it is then. That could be that, yeah. It's good off the top of my head, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when Geronimo shouts, is he supposed to know what that means? He will when I find him, answers the highwayman. Okay. Hmm. He tells Man that it's All time right. to go. She says she doesn't know how to thank him. By going now, he replies. She drives away and the highwayman gets back in the truck. What are we supposed to do about our machines? exclaims Chrome Dome. Look for a good body shop. Isn't, um, isn't, I, I kind of spotted the, um, the weird looking guy from the Hills of Eyes amongst these bikers as well? Chrome Dome. That is him. Is that yeah. Chrome Dome? Yeah. 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 He's played a biker in pretty much everything going as well, hasn't he? Yep. So, as he drives away and the credits and the voiceover decides to continue, although this time he's given up rhyming. <laughs> yes, it's just a straight narration, that, isn't it? Yeah. Most crimes mm. in our society begin or end on some stretch of road, where laws often terminate at county lines. Combating those legal blackouts are a new breed of lawman, working in secret and known simply as highwaymen. This is the story and the legend of one such man, the highwayman. I didn't know it was a documentary or based on true events, did you? No, no, that fooled me. Didn't you? Is his name Bob yeah. Highwayman? <laughs> Why? I don't know, because is, is Highwayman his first or his last name? <laughs> I suppose 
Isn't it? Isn't it? Um, it's like a code name or something, isn't it? So they all have different names, code names. They're not all called Highwayman. I could be I'm, confusing. No, I think they're all called something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One Highwayman does something really, really bad, and the others. So which one is it? Oh, it's that. It's Highwayman. Yeah, but which also, one? I don't know. It's Highwayman. Yeah, I've got a mission for Highwayman. Which one? Highwayman. <laughs> it's not a way to run a business. Don't 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 they call him later in the episode number one highwayman or the top highwayman or oh, something you like that? You want to be num- number two though, would you? We well, you wouldn't, would you? <laughs> Nobody wants to be number two. Highwayman <laughs> number two. Yeah. Do you want to know the narration for the actual series? Is it so? It's different. Yes. Okay, go on. There is a world just beyond now, where reality rides a razor-themed seam between fact and possibility, where the laws of the present collide with the crimes of tomorrow. Patrolling these vast outlands is a new breed of lawman, guarding the fringes of society's frontiers. They are known simply as highwaymen, and this is their story. So that narration kind of leans into it being more slightly in the future, doesn't it? Yeah. Which explains the aliens and the robots and everything else that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. In the series. Yeah, it seems to be. I prefer that. I prefer that. Yeah, I, I, I like Razor theme scene. Yeah, yeah. It's much better. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. We, we cut to him driving and listening to a DJ called Dawn. She gives a shout out to the highwayman and plays the song Hip to be Square. Ah, but it's not, is it? Oh, you mean none it's of the not s- Huey, Huey Lewis in the It's not Huey Lewis. Lewis. Yeah, none of the songs in this in this story, none of the songs that they use in this episode, are the actual artists. They're all like oh. knockoff versions. Right. Because mm. I'm just sitting there and I'm listening to it and I'm thinking, it doesn't sound right. Pretty sure that's not Huey. <laughs> doesn't sound right to me. <laughs> It's like one of those nineteen seventies Top of the Pops albums. Oh, you remember okay. those? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh well. He presses a button and brings up Dawn on a view screen. Around the screen are readouts like coolant temperature, hydraulic. Oddly, the readouts are inconsistent. Some are red, some are green. That could be confusing. It's whatever they could cobble together at the time, Colin, isn't it? Hmm. Dawn goes on to say that she's just read your eye. Oh, yeah, this is... I, I have trouble thinking about this because it doesn't make sense. She says that she's just read your eyewitness reports from your latest assignment, and I find it hard to believe that anybody goes to work in levers, chains, and a sidearm, and a bazooka. Your mm-hmm. eyewitness report? So is this the highway man's report? Or a report from an eyewitness about the highwayman. If it's a report that he's written, why is he describing his own clothes? <laughs> well, he's proud of his look. It's took him a long time to put that look together. He, well, he wants people to know about it, obviously. Yeah, but it only needs to be in one report. Because clearly Maybe he's not he puts a guy in every single one. Clothes. Yeah. Oh, does he? <laughs> puts it in every single one. <laughs> This was a passive way of saying she's fed up with him mentioning it all the time. Possibly, possibly. I mean, she is passive aggressive, isn't she? Well, there's not much mm. she can do. She can't 
He, she says one thing and he does another. And the, the video seems to be one way as well, doesn't it? He can see her, but she can't see him. Because doesn't she comment about that she was always curious to know what he what he wore or what he wore? Oh, yeah, I guess because she's, she's a radio person, presenter. There's no cameras and stuff on. Yeah. So maybe he puts that into the reports to impress her every time. <laughs> Nine inches up. <laughs> so, solid wood. <laughs> Wait, was that your nickname? Nine yes. inches of solid wood? It's because you're it's really super, short. <laughs> it's my superhero name, Colin. Oh. <laughs> you say it three times, and what do you, you change into nine inches of solid wood? Solid wood. <laughs> it just yes. goes, and, it, and it stood on end and then just topples over. <laughs> So when you turn back, you're laying down. Yeah, if it was my look, it'd probably be something like for micro or balsa wood or something like that. Something brittle. Yeah. You know what, though? I think we've got a title for the episode. I think we have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nine inches of solid wood. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you? <laughs> well, it's never done me wrong yet, Colin. <laughs> oh, if I, you dreamer. Yeah, I know. Well, we can dream, can't we? Don tells him that she wants more communication between him and a Mr. Toto. Because Toto's been trying to make contact with him. Highway, Don shortens his name to that, says he's got enough of Toto's high voltage tricks to light up Cincinnati. Yeah, he's not a Toto fan. I suppose that's why he likes Huey Lewis, isn't it? Oh, oh somewhere there's a drum being beaten, a cymbal falling off. <laughs> Do you think uh, do you think Toto is a fan of the rain down in Africa? Just a question. Look at me like that. <laughs> or maybe he's the he's... owner of a lonely heart. You don't know, do you? I'm not taking part in this. It's embarrassing. You're <laughs> <laughs> on the line. Finally. All right, <laughs> <laughs> All right go on then. <laughs> he tells her that she's... Uh, he tells her he's still looking for Bo Zyker and that he's heard Bo hangs out at a place called the Gear Jammers. So why don't you just go to the Gear Jammers? There is that, yeah. Yeah. Which is also, if he's going to the Gear Jammers, how did he just happen to come across the others, the gang? I, I... Bad writing, Colin. I think is the answer. <laughs> well, I do my best. Oh, you mean in the yes. episode? Yes. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, Don says that Toto will meet Highway at the Gear Jammers. In fact, she orders him to meet him there for modifications. But Highway doesn't want to be modified and hangs up. We cut to Bo Zyker arriving at some kind of shanty town made from shipping crates. Yeah. And you had a town, it's full of containers. And it's a, a city. What would you call it? Hmm. Something original like Container City. <laughs> well, the you know biker gang. I keep saying it. They're, you know they're not they're not the world's biggest thinkers, are they? No. If, if there are any biker gangs that listen to us, um, then direct all your uh, insults at Colin, not me. Well, maybe they're ahead of the time. Probably we'll all be living in shipping containers. <laughs> it, it's looking more like likely as the as the years go on, isn't it, Colin? Yeah. Yeah. It's revealed. Oh, it's revealed that Bozak has a bullet tattoo like the rest of the gang, so we That's know right. he's one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
but he seems unimpressed with the others. Geronimo says that all they did was put a scur into Merrick's daughter. Until some highwayman put a scur into you, he replies. Geronimo asks why the highwayman wants Bo, but Bo says he doesn't know. Bo don't know. What Bo don't know, don't go. He reveals that he was up at the state <laughs> capitol trying to get the driver's ticket legally reinstated and that he was making progress until word got out about what they had done. When you said he's not impressed, I thought he was... Um... I thought he wasn't impressed with uh, one of the bikers pouring his beer onto the ground. I mean, I almost cried. Well, I didn't see that. Yeah, he just poured his beer onto the ground for no reason. Complete so when waste you of sum beer. up this, you're going to be like, when you sum this up, you're going to be like, well, this would have been a hit, but <laughs> there's that one scene. That one scene let me down, yeah. <laughs> it's far-fetched. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't do that, would you? No. So the gang don't believe him, and they're right. Turns out Bo wasn't making progress. But at least he wasn't doing something that would put them in jail. But then one points out, what's the difference between this and jail? He's not wrong. Well, there's no bars. You're not confined. You get to choose what meals you want, when you want them. Yeah, but I mean, well, they're still they're still shitting in a bucket probably, aren't they? Well, is it, what, are you on a Butlin's holiday? <laughs> 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 That was a nice eighties joke there. It was, it was, it was very topical yeah. in nineteen eighty seven, Colin. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Now you hear a lot of legends when you ride the long hard roadway. Some say he likes to totally swing, but some say he simply likes to sway. <laughs> How many of these have you got? I think that's it. <laughs> I think that's your lot. <laughs> oh, don't don't disappoint me. Bo admits there's no legal way of getting back at Merrick, but he has a way of bringing him down. He goes on to say that Ed Merrick owns Calico, the city, the county, the whole shebang. But why doesn't he have one dollar on account at the Calico bank? <laughs> Bo has been seeing a teller at the bank who says Merrick has no cash accounts at the bank, but has ten safety deposit boxes. And they're going to rob the bank and find out what's in them. Mm-hmm. And a kid comes out called Travis. Uh, a very well-mulleted kid as well. Hmm. Yeah. And he wants to know what's going on, but Bo tells him to go back to bed. Afterwards, Bo climbs into the bed alongside Travis, who turns out to be Bo's son. Travis knows that something is Mm -hmm. going on and wants to know what the bros were talking about. But Bo tells him you might hear something about it later. And you might not hear it right. But whatever you hear, know that whatever I do might be wrong, but I'm doing it for the right reason. Didn't Hitler say that? (laughs) Yes, he did. Yes. Right. <laughs> I mean, he's still wrong, though. Wait, what? Isn't it? What? He says, well, I'm not <laughs> Hitler. I mean, I know Hitler yeah. was wrong. Well, this, this, this podcast <laughs> just went a weird. <laughs> I'm just looking for confirmation there, Colin. Oh, my God. You lean back, and all I could see was the SS of your kiss t shirt, which looked like the two lightning symbols. Well, he is. He is the two lightning yeah, symbols from the, the SS, SS logo. Yeah, yeah. but the, but right, it could, that couldn't yeah. have been but more. It's a, it's a kiss T-shirt. I know, but that couldn't be more perfect. Oh, can't, it can't even go in. It's, a, it's, it's a just visual... how perfect it is. It's it's a visual joke that just doesn't work. No, no it was just funny. in the medium. Yeah. No, I I mean I mean he says it it it, it may be wrong, but it's for all the right reasons. But it's still wrong then. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. 
I can't use that then in you know as a <laughs> as a defense <laughs> right, if I need no, it in the future. No. Right. Yeah. Okay. We get a flyover of a small town and then bikers <coughs> ride into the town square and start to terrorize people. If you're planning a bank job, you probably shouldn't be going around terrorizing people and making yourself known before you get to the bank. They're almost as stealthy as the stealth on the stealth truck that we see later stealthily riding into town stealthily. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you slipped that in stealthily. This town as well looks a lot like Hill Valley. Ah, yes, it does. I think it is the Back to the Future set, right? Yeah, I think it is, is yeah. Even though this is Fox, he still could be, yeah. Mm, mm Mm-hmm. I mean, the bench is in the same place for a start, isn't it? Yeah. In the little grassy area in the middle. Seems to be. Mm Mm-hmm. So the gang go into the bank and hold it up. Bo asks the manager which key opens the vault, and one of the bank employees presses an alarm. But the, the police guy seems to take his sweet time answering. Yeah, I'm not too sure about the sheriff's work ethic. You're not too sure about it? I thought you'd be very no. sure about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when a man's on his break, he's on his break, isn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I thought you'd yeah. be looking at that, looking at it and going, ooh, turn it down a bit. Need to relax more. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, the gang didn't put too much thought into their disguises, did they? I think they, haven't they just wrapped towels around their heads and cut eye holes into them? Yeah. Yeah, but let's yeah. be honest. I don't think there's much thought gone into any of this at all. <laughs> Are we talking about the, the 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 bank robbery plan, or do we mean generally in the show? <laughs> generally in life. Let's go bigger. Okay. I think you might be right there. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, he does answer. Police cars head to the bank. Meanwhile, the bullets find all the money in the deposit boxes. Then we get a chase where. All the police he's, chase he's not... the bikers. Don't mm-hmm. leave anybody at the bank. I never thought of that, but they don't, do they? No. Because <laughs> Bo slips out, puts the bunny That's sacks right. in his motorbike with nobody noticing this, and then yeah. rides off. They just assume, don't they, that everyone's scarpering. Yeah. yeah. I never thought of that. That is true. It's a good, it's a good chase. There's some good stunts. Yeah, yeah some good cars turning over. Yeah, mm-hmm. we don't see him get out, do we? No, and I'm I'm going to mention that at the end <laughs> about something that happens later. <laughs> so, so, so Bo's killed these police then, generally, right? In a way, it looks that way. Looks that way, yeah. Mm. All right. We cut to police cars crashing, like we said, and a helicopter is called in. They chase one of the bikers. The cop thinks it's Bo Zyker. Uh, the police chief then shoots Bo or the bike, and he tumbles from mm-hmm. his machine. He lands and tells Bo that he's going to blow his head off. But Bo replies that if you do, then Merrick will never see what he had in those deposit boxes ever again. Mm-hmm. The money is buried and can't be found if they shoot him. We cut to the bank. Merrick wants to know how Bo knew which boxes to hit. And if Bo has told the police guy where the money is, the chief says that Bo is the one that had the money when he left and knows where it is and he can get that information. He's going to tell me where it is, or I ain't sheriff. If you don't, then you ain't, replies Merrick. Now, G. Gordon Liddy's an interesting character, isn't he? Did you, did oh, you read yes. about this guy? Yeah, uh, back to the Watergate scandal. Yeah, so he served as an artillery officer in the Korean War. 
Then he was a special agent in the FBI with commendations. He became the youngest ever bureau supervisor at the Washington headquarters at 29 years of age. Then he resigned and became a prosecutor in international law. He ran unsuccessfully for Congress. He ran the presidential campaign for Richard Nixon in 1968. He then served in Nixon's administration, where he, he, he filled from multiple capacities. Later, he refused to testify during Watergate and served five years of a 20-year sentence before Jimmy Carter finally released him. Uh, he's also rated as a pistol expert, an FAA pilot, and a New York Times best-selling author. Talk about overachieving. Well, thank you for listening to the Put a Liddy on It podcast. <laughs> it's a lot. I just thought it was important to to say what what, what makes, he's achieved in his life. Make, oh yeah, yeah, it makes you feel like, well, what are you doing with your life, Paul? <laughs> well, I've never done any of that. <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> and he's in my like, advice. He was in Miami Vice. He played a very similar character to this one in Miami Vice as well, if I remember. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. Interesting oh, yeah. guy. Interesting oh, yeah. guy. Wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We cut to Knight. That's Knight. As Knight, in, yes. Where's Highwayman been? Well, he stopped off for a sleep. He's probably got one of those trackers in his cab, hasn't he? I mean, he's only allowed to drive for what, is it? Six hours, and then he has to oh. turn his engine off and go for sleep for a bit. So, what what you know. is if he's chasing somebody and those hours... End. And he starts to click, 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 starts to beep at him. Yeah. Does he have to pull over and just let him get away? The law's the law, and he's the highway man. He should know. That's true. Yeah. Mm. He's pulling up into a club called Gear Jammers. <laughs> wild, this... wild women in the Gear Jammers joint. Yeah, wet t-shirt contest, hot tubs, welcome yes. truckers, bikers, cowboys, and macho men. Well, we'd fit right in, Colin. <laughs> well, which one are you, the cowboy? <laughs> the wild, wild women. <laughs> Basically, it's a YMCA club, isn't it? Truckers, bikers, cowboys, and macho <laughs> men allowed. It, it is a bit. It is a bit village people. Yes, <laughs> you just need a construction worker. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's and, one a na- in there. and a Native American in a headdress. Oh, Geronimo goes there. Oh, there we go. We got that one covered then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and inside it pretty much resembles one of those TV type bars. It is. There's, there's, isn't there sawdust on the floor and everyone's dancing to country and western music and yeah. Yeah. The highwayman enters, bathed in light. Where's that coming from? Does he carry that with him? <laughs> Maybe he didn't turn his headlights off on his truck for that very reason. Yeah, and then got a smoke machine. Yeah. <laughs> so they they open the door and he's there wafting in around. He's like, oh, can you close the door? Give me a second. I've got to make an entrance. Everyone stops, don't they? Yeah, the music ceases. The woman stops pouring drinks, starts shaking, but the drink's going everywhere. What would he do if he, he opened the, the doors, walked in, and everyone just carried on what they were doing? Would he go back out and then come in again until <laughs> until it worked? He would have shot them. Shot them with a huge cannon, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's 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 why he was so scared. Well, he has, but, he, has, he has got prior in this place, as we find out in a minute. Well, this is the thing. Like, yeah, we'll get to that. But then as he enters and everything stops, he says, great song, keep playing. And so the, the it's like a honky tonk guy on the piano, isn't it? 
It is. It is, yeah. Yeah. The barman seems to know Highway and says he doesn't want any trouble. Anything he needs is on the house. Apparently Highway came into the bar nine months ago looking for a guy who didn't want to be found and then mopped up the place with him and left, never saying what he wanted the guy for. I'm going to think Highway Man's the biggest criminal in this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I'd say he just walks into a bar, beats a, a guy up, walks out without even asking anything. Yep. Yeah, he's, he, he, that's, that's not... Uh... That's not really the way of of, uh, of an officer of the law, is it, really? <laughs> no, no. No. Highwayman says to the barman that he's looking for two men. One he's trying to find and one he's trying to avoid. If you get my drift. What, <laughs> what drift? It's a fairly straightforward sentence. What is it with this people in this series not understanding straightforward sentences? <laughs> It it is kind of like it's written by a ten year old, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. I I started to wonder if he's doing that thing that you lot all do now. What's that? Where at the end of a sentence you say, "Do you know what I mean?" I don't do that. I don't do that. Do I? <laughs> you used to when we I came over and we were in the same place. Yeah, and I, actually, I do have a memory, and you pointed it out to me, and I've tried not to do it since. You don't, you don't do it on. You've never done it on the podcast. Well, have I not? No, that's fair. No, I would. Oh, I would. I would have laid into that one like a burr on a marmalade jar. Well, that's nice to know. I, I mean, I'm doing my best. You know what I mean? No, can you tell me? <laughs> <clears throat> so we're going to get an '80s sidekick in a minute, aren't we? Oh, I thought I was like, I don't remember any old person. <laughs> for a second, I thought you walking I, I, stick. For a second, I genuinely thought that you looked like you, there was going to be a third person joining us on the podcast. For a second, and here he is. Yeah, eighty sidekick. Come on in. Eighty sidekick. <laughs> I've got my old teeth, you know. <laughs> Oh, that would be a funny turn-up, wouldn't it? It would, yeah. Mm. yeah. Highway asks if the barman knows Bo Zyka. The barman does, and then he left his son with him. The kid goes to the bar every day after school. Normally, Bo would pick him up, but today, he hasn't arrived. The barman then asks Highway about the other guy he's looking for. Toto, says Highway. What kind of name is that, asks the barman. Japanese. (laughs) Turns out Toto is in the uh, hot tub with two women. He's he's barring them. I mean, he's, you know, (laughs) he's not. not I wasn't going to touch that one, Colin. (laughs) (laughs) So Toto is in the hot tub barring two women. They leave and Highway turns up the temperature on the hot tub. Meanwhile, Travis sees a news report about his dad and the robbery on the TV, which, amazingly, can be heard over the noise of the bar. I never thought of that, but that is true, yes. He's got good hearing. The sheriff says he has, mm-hmm. yeah, like bats. Uh, the sheriff on TV says nobody's allowed to leave or enter Calico until the money is found. How, I'm not sure you, how are you going to do that. Build a wall around your city all of a sudden? Yeah, although... It's only a small town, isn't it? 
And we yeah. do establish at the end of the episode that they've got rather a lot of police cars for a small town. Mm. So I suppose it could right. be. So they could encircle could the whole be, town. Feasibly, I suppose. All the exits, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I take it back. Perfect. It's not. He's <laughs> <laughs> far from that, Colin. Outside, Travis is walking down the street when Highway drives alongside. He asks Travis to get in and tells him he's here to help his dad. Travis refuses because he doesn't believe Highway. Ask me anything about your father, he says. Travis asks him what was the name of his father's unit during the war. Blue bullets, replies Highway. What does that prove? <laughs> yeah, if that failed, what was his final resort? Pull out a bag of uh, hard candy or something like that. And <laughs> yeah. Do you want a jelly baby? If you're really his friend, what do I call dad? Dad? Oh. <laughs> 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 so apparently knowing what unit his father in is enough evidence for this kid because he gets in the truck bad move in the 80s mm, yeah. gotta say it yep mm-hmm. Toto chases after them in the truck Travis talks about his dad and how he was thrown out of the company when he was accused of stealing his own payload along with his uncles Geronimo Chrome Dome and Preacher I don't I don't think it really his uncles, right? Uh, no. No. You know, friend of the family, that kind of an uncle. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Greatest guys in the world, says Travis. Um, <laughs> he's only a kid. He's not, he's not seen much of the world, has he? That's true. His experience <laughs> is very limited. It's Container City and this small town, and that's it, yeah. really, isn't it? Yep, fair point. Mm. Highway turns on the radio and hears Dawn asking for him to call in. He switches on the communicator. She's annoyed with him because he didn't meet with Toto. She tells him that now Bo is in jail for robbing the bank. It proves what Merrick's company was saying about him and that Highway doesn't need to investigate. She also points out that the bank wasn't insured so the people are ready to revolt over their lost money. But he still wants to go. Don mm-hmm. says, hey, you're transmitting when you should be receiving. But he cuts her off. Travis asks if she is his boss. Because it sounds like he jumps when she calls. When Travis asks if Highway is going to help his dad, Highway goes quiet and Travis figures he's not going to. And we cut to an underground car park and a fleet of upmarket sports cars, Porsches, Rolls Royces, etc. being unloaded. Apparently they've been stolen. Merrick is watching them unload with the police chief. Merrick says these cars have to be shipped out fast. Then somebody off screen who sounds like they're reading the line says, They'll be shipped to the Persian Gulf faster than you can count. What? Why pay an extra when you can just get one of the crewmen to read the line? Yeah, true. Mm. At this point, I've got like a Dukes of Hazard vibe going on with like a boss hog. Yep. Yep, definitely. He's got a white suit on as well, hasn't he? Yeah. And I'm, mm. I'm a little confused with the logistical part of Merrick's plan. So these cars are mm. stolen in San Francisco and New York. Then trucks... Mm-hmm all the way to this small town in Texas, mm-hmm. where they are washed, because there's a guy in the background sponging down the, the top of the cars. That's right, there is, yes. So they're washed, then they are trucked to a port of some kind. Yeah. yeah I assume in yeah. Texas, because this is where this is set. Uh, and then yeah, ship, we'll that, ship, yeah. ship town. Mm-hmm. 
Seems mm-hmm. like a I lot. mean, it's a, it's a lot of work, yeah, and it does kind of go around the houses a little bit, doesn't it? But he's a hands-on kind of guy, Merrick. You know, he wants yeah. to see it for his own, for himself. So. All right. Yeah. No, no, it doesn't matter. It's rubbish. Uh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> then Merrick says, these cars are beautiful, but stolen. Nothing can go wrong here. The sheriff replies, I understand that. And Merrick continues, but a lot of things have been going wrong in Calico recently. But I got confused because the nothing can go wrong here line is delivered so flatly that I thought it was like... Sarcasm. Yeah, I couldn't work out. And then I I realized it was just really terrible delivery. I think that's what it is. It's terrible delivery. (laughs) Yeah. You're looking for subtleties where there aren't any. No, no, and we see this mm. now because we sit through like one of the worst pieces of exposition I've ever seen in a long time. <laughs> oh, let's go. Oh, I'm, not, I, I'm not detailing it. All I can say is both characters discuss matters that they already know about. <laughs> they do. They yeah. Do. Yeah, it's, it's bad. I mean, there's a lot of bad dialogue in this, but this scene in particular is one of the worst. Yeah. Is one yeah. of the worst. I mean, basically, it boils down to that nobody but them two and Zyka know that Merrick's money was stolen and that Zyka is not going to tell anybody. Pretty much it, yeah. 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 The sheriff finishes by saying they'll keep Zyka quiet by having him shot while trying to escape. We cut to the truck approaching. Do you think there's a toilet in this truck? Well... What's he got in the back? Oh, what has he not got in the back? <laughs> Jacuzzi, hot tub, you know, what? What was he? Well, he's not got a we hot tub out. because Toto wouldn't have gone to gear jammers. He would have just used the truck. That's very true. That's very true. So what has he got in there? We never actually see what he's got in that back, have we? Mm, it's just full of space hoppers. Just <laughs> <laughs> bouncing it- around. Is it is it the back of the helicopter? Not to jump ahead too far and spoil it for everyone, but well, it must be a bit of the hel- helicopter sticking through into it, yeah. Mm. Which does make you wonder how it turns corners at all when it's got a helicopter back. Yeah, because in, the yeah. the front of the helicopter is the cab. Mm-hmm. So the tail must be in the truck part. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense when you start to think about it. <laughs> yeah, 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 let's not. Let's not do that. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> so they arrive at Container City, and Travis tells Highway what his father said to him before leaving, and then he runs off. Highway goes after him. He goes into Travis's place and finds a woman waiting, and it's the bank teller. Angela is her name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bo had asked her to look after Travis. She tells Highway that Bo didn't steal any money, not in the way that people think she refuses to tell highway about the money because they'll kill Bo if it gets out and highway realizes that the law in the town is just as bad as the criminals that's right you hear the rest of Bo's gang arrive and highway takes angela out for a different way he tells her that travis is safer here in container city as the sheriff can't get to him and use him to get Bo to tell him where the money is as she gets into a car she says I should have gone to some outside police department. You already have, replies Highway. Back at the containers, Preacher tells Travis that he needs to speak to him about his dad. He's in a whole load of trouble. Yeah, he knows. He saw it on TV. 
<laughs> that is true. No, could Preacher not afford enough material for the back of his shirt as well as the front? Well, the back represents his non-beliefs. Oh, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and the front is, you know, his religious side. Well done for uh, thinking on your feet there, Colin. That was, that, Thanks. that was very good, yeah. That was probably more thought that, that you've put into it than they did when they wrote this. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As Highway gets back to his truck, he encounters Toto. He tells Highway that he can try out a new stealth mode. Yeah, I've got it, problems with this, but go on. <laughs> he doesn't want to because apparently his teeth still glow after the last test. Apparently, yes. Back at the camp, Travis is telling Preacher about the Highway Man, and they decide to go after him. Back of the truck, Toto calls in stealth mode. Then we got to a scene that looks like it's from War Games. It is from War Games, Colin. I checked. I dug out War Games and had a look, and it is a scene from War Games. <laughs> that gets used a lot. It does. That that room with the, all those screens and everything is used mm. in a lot. I think they even use it in an episode of Quantum Leap. Oh, well, yeah, I believe that. Mm-hmm. So we got to a woman telling a general that there's a request for stealth mode from Southern Texas, Highwayman 1, permission to proceed. So appears to be a lot you have to do to engage stealth mode. Oh, there's a lot you have to do. It involves satellites and everything, doesn't it, from the look of it? Yeah, yeah. and then your whole truck starts flashing. <laughs> so, before you go, so before you go into stealth mode, you go into blindedly obvious mode. See you from a million miles away mode. Which poses the question, to engage stealth mode, you have to be hidden in the first place, or else you're going to attract attention and engage in stealth mode. So what's the point of stealth mode then? You have to have a giant, like, fake cutout of a truck. Yes. Unfolds around you. <laughs> big woodland scene. No, it's a big fold-out yeah. woodland scene. Trees and everything. Maybe that's what's kept in the back of the truck. Ah, yeah, and he just forgets to deploy it in this bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it might be stealthy, but we'll find out in a minute. It's certainly not quick, is it? From beginning, from when it goes invisible. Yeah, from from the oh, from yeah. when he asks for it to when it actually turns invisible. It's quite a lengthy process. Yeah, you couldn't use it like because something's coming towards you suddenly. No. <laughs> you have to get up three days in advance stop. and plan it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, what's that over there? Quick, engage in stealth mode. Keep keep looking. <laughs> yeah, because then, then the call's got to go through to the woman in the room. He then's got to relay it to the general guy who stood next to her. And then they've got to shoot the thing up to the satellite, bounce it back down to the truck. Meanwhile, he's dead. Yeah. 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 Engage, engage stealth mode. The number you've dialed is currently busy. And if they're using internet, I mean, it would have been dial-up back then, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. What's it, what's it drawing pixel by pixel? <laughs> oh, have you been downloading again? <laughs> oh, pleasure of the days, eh? Oh, pixelated Samantha Fox. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Do you remember Samantha Fox strip poker? Yes. That game on the Spectrum and Commodore 64 and Amstrad. Yeah. 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 I, think, I think I had it on my green screen Amstrad, actually, Colin. <laughs> She was oh, green. That's challenging. Pixelated. Oh, I did. I got that in the end. Uh, <laughs> pixelated green Samantha Fox. Wow. I mean, if you squinted, it it did look like her. 
And I was squinting, Colin. And if you put like a red lens on the other one, with the green and red made it look like it was in 3D? 3D, it was bouncing out of the screen at me, yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. Travis and the bikers turn up, but the truck has gone. Ooh. Did they not yeah. hear all this noise and, fla- and see all these flashing lights? I mean, where was he parked? Behind a big bush. Behind <laughs> <laughs> a big bush? I don't know. <laughs> Are we talking about Samantha again? Are we? <laughs> yeah. Uh... <laughs> oh, that's quite funny, pal. Well done. <clears throat> Uh, Carry on. So Highwayman now climbs out of the uh, invisible truck. That's right. It reminded me of the scene of um, them coming out of the um, Klingon ship in Star Trek Four. Yeah, yeah, it's the same kind of effect. Mm-hmm. Toto explains how it works. Mm-hmm. Doesn't he start making kung fu noises as well at one point? Oh, does he? Yeah, um. I believe he says there's no such thing as a solid object. All things are composed of lattice-like atoms and molecules. When we see an object, we don't see the object. We see light waves reflected off the object caused by regular surfaces. We have simply created high-frequency electromagnetic field which excites the atoms of the object so intensely that it allows light waves to pass through the truck like air, so you don't see it at all. Now, did you, did you obviously you, you fact checked all this uh, science? Did you? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I I excited some atoms. Did you? How did that work out? I'm still waiting for him to come back. So it excites the atoms of the object so intensely that it allows light waves to pass through the truck like air, so you don't see it, like Sam Jones's career. He's make a comeback, is not he? Briefly. I'm not sure it's a comeback if you then have to end the sentence with, hasn't he? Didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard, um, I've heard uh, stories about Sam Jobs at conventions. Apparently he started an argument once with Luferengo about the length of the cues. He, he felt that uh, one or the other, and I, can't remember, I don't know whether it was Luferengo or Sam Jones, but one of them accused the other one of pinching their, uh, their people from their cues for their own cue. Oh, and they had a bit of a set to. When you said cues, I thought that why are they playing snooker? <laughs> no, cues, <laughs> oh, lines oh, of right, people. Right. Yes, right. yeah. I think the footage is on YouTube. You can see it oh. actually of them arguing with each other. Someone filmed it on their phone. Nice. He knows those ten bucks. I mean, it's ten bucks a head, isn't it, for one of those picture yeah. signing things? Yeah. So you know. Yeah. So they get back into the truck. Where are we going? Asked Toto. But Highway says we're going nowhere. I'm going to jail. Toto takes this as a moment to leave. Afterwards, Highway deactivates Stealth and contacts Dawn. She wants to know why he plans on going to jail, and Highway tells her that he's doing it so he can get in to see Zyka. He tells her that something is wrong. She's dead against it. She is. Highway reaches a police roadblock. A cop, who appears to not know who Highwayman is, tells him to get down. I'm a little confused on... Who knows and who doesn't know about this highwayman? Well, I suppose that small town, you know, police officers and and elected sheriffs probably aren't in the loop with the highwayman, are they? Right. But if he was operating in in like a city and he had to deal with like a real police, then they might know, you know. 
Does that work? Right. Does that work? <laughs> well, that's fine. Right. Yeah. Highway shows him some ID that says he's a bonded load and can go on. Not that he's a bonded load, but he has a bonded load. <laughs> I was confused then for a second. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have a bonded load? No, it's just the way I walk. It's that huge thing strapped to his leg. But the cop pulls his gun on him and orders him to get down. Highway tells him that the ticket he showed them is federal, guarantees him unobstructed passage through this state. But the cops are having none of it and want to see inside the truck. So do we. Mm. Yeah. He tells the cops that he's hauling secret government technology that they shouldn't be opening. And one of the cops has second thoughts and suggests they should call the sheriff, but this other guy, oh, he's determined to open it. Highway disarms the younger cop and pulls his gun on them. How far do you think you're going to get, says the older cop. We've got wheels and radios. Highway shoots the car, which explodes. You've got a cannon for a gun. Apparently, mm -hmm. yeah. No wheels, no radios. Have a nice walk, he tells them, and drives away. A helicopter with the sheriff is called to pursue the truck. Eventually they stop it, they're shining a light on him, and then he's surrounded by cops. He gets out. Is there some kind of trouble, Sheriff? The Sheriff hits him in the stomach, and then on the back of his head with his gun. Highway is down and out. If his whole plan is to get arrested by these police so he can get taken back to the jail, like he does in a minute, why didn't he just let the first lot of police arrest him? I did ask that question. Also, he would just be arrested and go to that jail. But technically, hasn't he also just blown up some cop cars? Yeah. So just go there and then. I mean, that's your whole plan anyway, so... Yeah. Cut to the chase. Although I'm sure he's... he's how does he get away with it afterwards? Because his ID doesn't allow him to... doesn't say a bonded load and ability to blow up police cars and not get in trouble. Well, he, he does blow up quite a few police cars. And he... Yeah. Not to give the game away, but he kills a sheriff at the end of the, at the, end of the episode, so, you know... Yeah. Did he not shoot the deputy? He didn't. If you think tonight's episode of The Highwayman is explosive, wait until next week. If you like what you saw, come back for more. Or out! The Highwayman, next Friday. So we cut to Bo in a cell at the jail as they bring in the unconscious Highwayman and dump him next to him in another cell. At first I thought they'd thrown him into the same cell. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, it was a very small jail. It is a small jail. He wakes up and Bo tries to talk to him. But Howerman cuts him off and he checks the cell for listening devices. Finding a bug, he flushes it and tells Bo that I'm the most famous desperado in town, next to you. Uh, what? Well, he's a desperado. He's blown up police cars. But he's not a desperado, is he? He's a highwayman. Yeah, but he's in disguise as a desperado. Oh, I see. And I suppose he looks the part. I'll give him that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Bo says that he knows all about the highwaymen. How? Well, this is why I was saying, like, it's weird of who knows and who doesn't That's, know. Yeah, I get you now. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's almost like they're famous, but then they're not, and then they are again, depending on who, you, who you're talking to. Yeah, yeah. He knows about, somehow or other, he knows about how he blasted through the roadblock as well. But he's been locked in this cell. How does he know about that? <laughs> they come in and tell him. The policeman keeps coming down and telling him, yeah. 
He's going, oh, you never guess what happened next. And he finds it strange that he wants to find him, seeing as neither one of them are getting out of here alive. Wanted, dead or alive, you could say. Yeah, yeah. Watched Young Guns 2 again the other night. It was good. Highwayman tells him that he knows why he robbed... What? Wait, wait. You just leapt into Young Guns 2. You didn't do Young Guns first. I like Young Guns 2 better than Young Guns 1. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I know, but I do. Highwayman tells him that he knows why he robbed the bank and that he's here to try and help him. Lots of people know lots of things, don't they? Lots of knowledge going on. Yes, yeah. Outside, the two deputies are going to try and open the Highwayman's truck. But one of them is a bit dubious about the idea, concerned about the possibility of radiation. The other... Mm, that's it, because you mentioned it earlier. Yeah, the other thinks that that's a load of old nonsense and is convinced that what's really inside is the money from the robbery. And he shows off a new lockpick device that he's just bought. It's handy yeah. that, isn't it? Well, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we get a kind of... Over the top of this scene, there's a kind of comedy music soundtrack, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Yeah. yeah. And it, and he puts the pick into the truck's lock, and then he gets a, a comedy electric shock. He starts to to shake, doesn't he? Yep. <laughs> yeah, just, there's nothing you can say. Is there? back in the cells, Bo tells Highwayman about how he and his friends started a trucking business with Merrick, but they pulled out when they learned about all these dodgy schemes. So Merrick framed them, yep. and he got them all busted. Bo then explains about how Merrick has his dirty money stored in safety deposit boxes in the bank. Um, I don't mean money that's dirty. I mean dirty money. I don't mean that. You, you know. Right. <clears throat> I'll just, no, I'll just okay. leave you to keep saying it. <laughs> and that he suspects that Merrick is using an old military base for other dodgy dealings. Meanwhile, Merrick is cheering the sheriff out about putting the highwayman in jail, and he's concerned about him being a federal agent. But the yeah. sheriff sees it as an opportunity to kill two birds with one stone. Back in the cell, Bo is losing it a little, telling highwayman that they're never going to see another human soul outside of this room. Now you hear a lot of legends when you ride the long-haired street. Some say he never changes his socks, and some say he has flippers for feet. Suddenly, a woman enters with a set of keys. It's the woman that Highwayman saved at the start of the episode. She turns out that she's Merrick's daughter. And the next scene, she's got Highwayman stripped to his waist and handcuffed to a table. Mm-hmm. Right. And she begins yeah. to work on his wounds as he tells her that her daddy isn't going to like what she's doing. But it turns out that Merrick isn't her real father. And she promises to help him get out. He just says that he wants his phone call. This scene yeah. reminded me a bit of, um, you know, the bit in Flash Gordon where he's hanging from the thing with the, with the box on his head. Yes. Reminded me a bit, a bit yeah. of that. There's another scene later that also reminded me of something in Flash Gordon. I know where you're going with that one as well. <laughs> yeah. We haven't really mentioned Sam Jones much, but it's not a great performance that he's giving in this, is it? No, it's not. Do you think he's consciously underplaying no. it, or...? You just think it's just not very good. Sad to say. I mean, he's he's not underplaying it on the levels of uh, David Carradine in that movie that we did a few episodes ago. (laughs) You know, Future Cop or whatever it was called. Right, no, no. Yeah, but mm, it's just a weird performance. Yeah, I know in the actual series when they pair him with the Australian actor, 
Sam Jones comes off the better. Oh, maybe that's why they did it. Yeah, maybe. So the sheriff is on the phone with Merrick, and Merrick tells him to let the highwayman go, follow him, and see what happens. And if he tries anything at all, then he's to kill him. Don't, don't, don't stir so intensely at me when you say that. <laughs> was it... Was it it's too much. Is it uh, too much? Okay. So Highwayman is released, but not before he convinces Bo to tell him where the money is hidden. But we don't actually see him tell him yet. Back in the station, the two comedy detectives are, are falling over Highwayman's big weapon. One of them decides to take it to the target range. Meanwhile, Highwayman is taken to the sheriff, who tells him that he's free to go because the company he works for have a lot of clout. He tries to find out if Highwayman knows where the money is, but Highwayman just feigns ignorance. Meanwhile, the two deputies are getting ready with the gun in the target range, somewhere else in the building. Highwayman tells the sheriff that Bo told him about the illegal goings-on and that he knows that he's involved. And then, just as the sheriff says that if he was involved in anything like that, then God should strike me down. Below, in the target room, the deputy fires Highwayman's gun which somehow causes the floor to cave in and the sheriff crashes down in a heap onto the ground. So how does that work then? Because he's aiming at the target. But he's aiming at the target. Well, the the explosion was um, pushed by the narrowness of the uh, corridor that they were shooting down into an upward motion. Because it's a cannon, not a gun. Yeah. I mean, how it didn't knock you over backwards, I don't know. That is true. That is true. But again, it's just another comedy moment, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Later, Highwayman... (laughs) (laughs) Later, Highwayman sets off in his truck and the sheriff has his finest two deputies follow him. You know, the ones that electrocuted themselves earlier and just caused him to crash through the floor. Those two guys, he sends those after him. Yeah, yeah, in a police car. In a police car. Because they've got an endless supply of these, as we're going to find out soon anyway. So. Also, you probably shouldn't be tailing person in a police car. Right That's true, them. in uniform and everything, yeah. 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 <laughs> they turn the siren on. <laughs> They're never going to see us. <laughs> Engage stealth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're just an ice cream van. <laughs> in fact, in the car, one of them pats the shotgun on the dashboard and says, just let him try to run. Then we'll see what this baby can do. He's never fired it before. He's excited. He's not, he has. Highwayman contacts HQ and puts the truck into stealth mode, baffling the two detectives. <laughs> <laughs> they con- they contact two more officers ahead, who hear and feel the truck pass, but see nothing. Gone. Gone. It's it's in stealth. It's yeah. the definition of stealth. Is that is that the name of the town that's next to Malika? <laughs> stealth. Yeah. I I bet you there's a town called Stealth in Texas somewhere, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Must be. Because there's, there's one called Hell, isn't there? Somewhere. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, I think there is. And there's one called Ketchup Town as well. <laughs> no, that now you're just making it up. I thought there really is a Ketchup Town. Yeah. Oh. Look it up. The sheriff is less than impressed. He chews them out and finds them $10 for losing their hats. It's good to see that he's got priorities. Hat probably only costs fiver. He's making some money off them. Well, I mean, 
You would, wouldn't you? The sheriff goes to visit Merrick at the base. But what he doesn't know is that Highwayman is still following him in stealth mode. So stealth mode makes him invisible, but it doesn't make the truck any quieter, does it? As we see in a minute. No. Yeah. Can you not hear this oh, yeah, huge yeah. truck following him from behind? No? Okay. Maybe it uses the same technology as the uh, robot in Saturn 3. <laughs> Maybe it does, yeah. You, you, you can only see it yeah. when it wants you to see it or hear it, yeah. Yeah, when it's dramatic. When it's dramatic enough, yeah. And then we get a sentry guard who gets scared by the noise before being knocked out as he walks into the invisible truck. Which I'm guessing is supposed to be another comedy moment, isn't it? Yeah. Sneaking into the base, the sheriff is getting a telling off from Merrick about losing the highwayman. He wants him found, ASAP. Highwayman who's crept in listens for a bit and he sees all the stolen cars parked. Then he just heads back out, scurrying the guard outside for a second time as he drives back past him. Yeah, somehow turning his truck around in that. Somehow turning it around, yes. <laughs> Maybe he reversed it out. Oh, yeah, drives backwards all the time. <laughs> It'd be funny if he couldn't find it, wouldn't it? What, reverse? No, no, the, tr- the truck. He's just wandering around until oh. he walks straight into it. Well, I'm assuming he's got like a key fob. You're assuming? Uh-uh. You're assuming that? Yeah. Yeah. It's nice that the the gag of the uh, the guard getting scared by the truck and, and and the noise and being hit by it was so good that they did it a second time. Yeah. I mean, you've got you've you've got quality material that that's that's that good. You would use it over and over again, as we know, Colin. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We have experience. Mm. Yeah. Benedictine. <laughs> Oh, he's leaving me hanging. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Highwayman goes to the biker's base. He finds them in deep conversation about Bo and the money. They think that maybe Bo... I bet he does. (sighs) Got there in the end. They think that maybe... They think that maybe Bo used them as decoys so that he could get away with the money all to himself. But Highwayman tells them that it's not true. However... The gang are less than impressed, and one of them pulls a knife. It's Geronimo, in fact, pulls a knife. Yeah. You saw a blouse. Because <laughs> <laughs> he cut her blouse at the beginning. That's what he does. He just keeps cutting blouses. Oh, right. Well, how a man's wearing a blouse? Yeah. That would be a turn-up, wouldn't it? I mean, he does look a no, bit... No, that's in your pants. <laughs> I can't believe you've never... I think you have used that one before. Um, <laughs> oh, what a critic. <laughs> what a put down. Oh, I think you've used that one before. <laughs> no, I had an audience there. Get off. No, we, we've got one or two, Colin. He pulls his cannon and whispers, it's nice to know that if we can't talk, we can always kill each other. That's true, I suppose. You could do other things. Like what? Play chess. Oh, yeah. Ride bicycles. Yeah. Yeah. We could do. Yeah. We'd do that, yeah. Preacher yeah. tries to calm things down, and Highwayman tells them about Bo being in the jail, and then he shames them into helping him take down Merrick and get back their self-respect. Unfortunately, Geronimo says that he's the chief now, that Bo is gone, and that if he wants to take charge, he'll have to face him in combat. So, 
bare-chested for a second time and oiled up this time as well. Geronimo and Hyrule. Who put that on? I, I, I think at one point, isn't the kid putting it on him? Oh, okay. It's the 80s, remember. Geronimo and Highwayman are given a knife. One hand is tied behind their backs. And they're going to be thrown into a dark room with a deadly snake. Who thought this game up? Guy who invented the one with the hippos. Oh, Hungry Hungry Hippos. Yeah. Mm. yeah. A bit dark. It was a devious bastard. Yeah, good luck uh, with... Um, was it Waddington's? Good luck for Waddington's trying to sell that one at Christmas. Oh, I bet they tried. <laughs> Back in the 80s, they probably would have done it. Yeah. <laughs> Travis doesn't want Highwayman to fight, but he tells him he needs to do this for his father. But Highwayman has a sneaky plan up his sleeve. Well, not up his sleeve, because he's taken his shirt off. And he doesn't have sleeves anyway, so that's a ridiculous statement. As Geronimo enters the dark room first, Highwayman just shuts the door and locks him inside. Part of me thinks this is how you would deal with the situation, Colin. <laughs> and I mean, I mean that as a, I mean that as a compliment, by the way. <laughs> oh, I know how you meant it. <laughs> no, it's the, it's kind of the kind of the sneaky, clever thing that you would do. I think if you're in this situation, yeah. I don't, no. Not that I don't want. I don't want to imagine you all burchested and oiled up either. But not again. Not again. No. No, not after the last time. Turning to the rest of the gang, he tells them that he's their new chief now. For some reason, they all think that this is hilarious and go along with it. Yeah, but not just one or two people, everybody. Everybody, and it gets worse. Highwayman lets Geronimo out, who for some reason also thinks this is a fun idea all of a sudden. He wanted to kill him two seconds ago. yeah, (laughs) Yeah, and just left him in the dark with a deadly snake. Ah, but he has the snake in his hand. He waves it in Highwayman's face, who retorts, I think I owe you an apology. Good, replies Geronimo, because you never had a chance. I was talking to the snake, Highwayman says. That, that was quite funny. funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You enjoyed that one, didn't you? Yeah. And it is funny because everybody erupts in laughter. And I mean everybody. And it's that kind of <laughs> final scene in a original Star Trek episode where William Shatner's slapping his knee as he's laughing at some joke that uh, Dr. McCoy's just made or something. Isn't it? It's that kind of... <laughs> yeah, yeah. All that kind of thing, yeah. They should have had one person just going, what's, what's so funny? I don't get it. <laughs> what? One at the back, speak up! Yeah. Highwayman drives his truck to the jail and the sheriff meets him outside. He flashes a federal warrant in the sheriff's face and they go in. Bo is released into Highwayman's custody under the impression that he's taking him to a federal penitentiary. Yeah, he thinks he's turned on him, right? He does. But later in the truck, Highwayman tells him the plan and he tells him that the sheriff is having them followed and he plans to kill them once they get the money. And Highwayman basically explains who he is and the premise of the show to Bo. And I think some of the lines are even the same lines that the narrator says in the at the beginning of the episode. Well, that would make sense to tie it, yeah. in, I guess. Later, the sheriff watches through binoculars as Highwayman gets Bo to shift a few rocks around in the desert for some reason. One of the deputies suggests that they should all turn off their car engines while they wait. But the sheriff says that he's crazy if he thinks he's turning off his AC in this heat, although he's got his windows open, so I'm not sure how much good it's doing. No, yeah. I wonder the cars are open. No, he doesn't quite understand how air conditioning works, does he? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> nope. 
Nope. Bo is confused as to why he's moving rocks around. But Highway Man has a plan. He wants the heat to get to the officers watching on the hill. And sure enough, their engines start to overheat, leaving them with only one usable car for now. His plan only works if it's a hot day. It's a good job they're in a desert. Yeah. Mm. yeah. You can imagine it's the one day it yeah. rains there. <laughs> <laughs> this one cloud just goes from the sun. Just driving around and around, waiting for the rain to stop. <laughs> so that they can, yeah. yeah. Highwayman and Bo then dig up some bags of manure that he's buried earlier. The sheriff believes it's the money and says to the deputy, I sure would like to run my fingers through it. It's it's funny because, you know, it's bags of shit. So it's, it's funny. Oh, yeah. Got it. Yeah. 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 Highwayman and Bo move out in their truck, and the sheriff radios it in. They reach a roadblock, and a deputy tells them to follow a diversion that leads around a problem further up on the highway. Which they do, and the police suspiciously follow. But a highwayman knows exactly what they're planning. They reach a big line of police cars, and officers all holding shotguns. And it is a big line of police cars. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yep. But... Howie Man's got an ace up his sleeve. He pulls off his steering wheel, and to Bo's amazement, he replaces it with a flight control stick. Ooh. What's it going to turn into, Paul? What's it going to turn into? Ooh, we'll see. We'll see, although we have mentioned it earlier. But hydraulic pistons move. He hits a switch. The top of the truck opens up, revealing that the cab has turned into a helicopter. Yeah. And as it takes off, the officers say, it's a truck, it's a plane, it's a Superman gag. So do you think they've got like hundreds of these trucks in a row, but they're not all the same version? So one of them turns into a helicopter, one of them turns into a boat, Mm -hmm. one of them turns into, you know, and so on and so forth. And what happens, right, if that day he didn't realise he got the wrong... (laughs) truck he got the boat one so in that scene he hits the button instead of helicopter just this little jet boat was (laughs) onto the grass oh no it's the 80s someone packed the Sinclair C5 in the back instead just just trundles pedaling away from all these police cars (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. yeah. yeah the men open fire as highwayman flies around them Blowing up the cars with his cannon. Th- this is the best bit of the episode. Why isn't there more of this stuff in it? Oh, you like this bit? Well, at least it's something, isn't it? Mm. It's better than the nothing. I mean, we and we haven't had an action sequence since the the car chase at the beginning. Yeah, that's in true. In fact, Highwayman hasn't done anything yet, really, in the whole eighty minutes that we're, that we're up to at this point. He stood moodily while bathed in light. Is that is that all you is all you need? <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's all. I'd like a bit yeah. more. You know, just a tad. You know. <laughs> the sheriff, meanwhile, jumps into the only car left. It's lucky that he didn't blow them all up. There's one left, and he heads out at yep. top speed. Highwayman and Bo fly into a ta- into the town where they rendezvous with the biker gang. They storm the bank, and Highwayman finds everyone laying face down like it's a robbery. You can get up, he tells them. We're just here to balance the books. Armed restitution, quips Preacher. It's not a bad line. 
It's all right. Yeah. Three, South there, three good lines. You know, in a in a huge plastic bag of shit. You know, it's nice. <laughs> okay. it, it's nice to find the one piece of it. You know, the one the one little diamond that isn't coated in it. You know. Oh. Yeah. Finding the bank manager, they get the keys to the safety deposit boxes, and Bo shows Highwayman that he hid the cash in the last place that they'd look, in another deposit box in the bank. It's good thinking. Yeah. Yeah, as long as no one accidentally opens. That's true. Them. Yes, <laughs> that is true. It's a risk. Yeah. Locating the money, Highwayman says that we've got Merrick. He gives the manager back the bank's money and leaves with the boxes containing Merrick's dirty money. And as he leaves, he wishes everyone a pleasant afternoon. Nice of him. Nice he's got manners. Yeah, yeah. So Merrick is moving out his dodgy cars when the sheriff turns up, warning him about what's happened. Merrick then commandeers one of his trucks. I'm pretty sure getting in, one of, getting in, the, in, in the cop car would probably be quicker, wouldn't it? Than trying to get away in one of these trucks. Yeah. But he doesn't. Yeah. He gets in one of the trucks, carrying the cars, and he starts to make his escape with the sheriff. And Highwayman is in pursuit. He, the, the the helicopter at this point has obviously landed back into the truck and turned back into a truck. Merrick and Highwayman weave in and out of each other as Merrick tries to lure him alongside. Suddenly, Merrick tries to run him off the road, but it goes wrong. The entire rig crashes over the side of the cliff and explodes. What a waste! Of nice machines, says Highwayman. Now this is where I was half expecting Merrick and the sheriff to come stumbling out, all smoking, covered in suit. <laughs> I really was. We watched too much A Team recently. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. so. Yeah. Later, Merrick's not daughter, Bo, and the bank clerk are all saying their goodbyes. Travis, meanwhile, is playing playing at being Highwayman in the truck's cabin when he. Accidentally calls HQ and initiates full stealth. Uh, don't, don't they notice the change in the voice? Is it is has Highwayman been known to sound like a ten year old boy occasionally? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Uh, maybe it's at high altitude. <laughs> That's it. Maybe his, his leather trousers are chafing him slightly. You know, sometimes. Yeah. 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 So the truck becomes invisible, and it's hilarious. Mm, yeah. It is. I chartled. It's night time and we're back with WRP knockoff radio. And uh, Highwayman asks Dawn to get Toto to come over and remove all the stealth from his truck. And we get a bit more flirting before she signs off by playing in some song or other or something. At this point, I didn't care. And as Highwayman drives off, <laughs> as Highwayman drives off, we get the voiceover telling us. This is the story and the legend of the Highwayman. And that's the end of the pilot episode of Highwayman. Thank God. So, Paul, what did you think? It was amazing. <laughs> I loved it. it was... uh, uh, <laughs> you know, for some reason, I used to think I liked this show. Fix that one, though. Yeah. God knows why. I think I'd only ever seen it maybe once or twice. But I had this memory of it being a, a, a fun, cool show with gadgets, and it was it ended before its time, and it could have gone on and done more. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong! 
I mean, where where do you start? Uh, Sam Jones, he was a good Flash Gordon. I don't know if it's him or the direction he's getting, but it's like watching paint dry on wood. He's just dull, isn't he? It's just oh, there's nothing there. Yeah, it's a good premise for a show. It's interesting, but it's handled so badly. The dialogue's atrocious. Absolutely atrocious. Some of the worst dialogue I think we've seen in anything that we've covered in a long time. And it's got it's got a weird tone to it as well, hasn't it? Um, it it's the kind of tone that works really well in things like Knight Rider, but it doesn't work here. I think it's that mixture of Western and Mad Max type themes. I don't think they lend themselves very well to, to what they're trying to do. Yeah. But the reason it fails most of all, I think, is that amongst all those other hardware shows... It's a bloody great big truck. It's not a sleek Trans Am. It's not a cool-looking helicopter or bike. Mm -hmm. It's a bloody big truck. And it might look nice, but it's really difficult to make a car chase with two trucks for your exciting. Because they're not the fastest things in the world, are they? And they're big lumbering things. No, no. Although I I do believe... Bloody Big Truck was the original name of the show. The, the, I, yeah, the helicopter bit was fun. But there wasn't enough of it, of that kind of stuff in this. For for a show that's sold on on the truck, really, isn't it? Right. You know, like all these kind of shows were. And I do think that by the time we yeah. got to this show, those kind of sh- hardware-type series had pretty much played themselves out. Do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. It seems to have done. Um Partly because you start to run out of what you can write the show about. You've done every kind of version of transportation. Exactly. And at this point, I think they were all recycling their own plots as well, weren't they? By the time you get to like the third season of Knight Rider or something like that. They're, Pretty sure the late seasons of Knight Rider were reworking plots from earlier seasons. Yeah, you're probably right there. Yeah. So you add to that all the dull characters, the bad dialogue, and the wooden performances. It's a miss. I'm sorry, but it is. It's a bad miss as well. Wow. I didn't like this at all. I don't don't think I disliked it as much as you did. (laughs) Okay. That surprises me. I mean, that's kind of... That's faint praise, really, because it's not great. That's, a, that's an understatement there, Colin. Remember about it, that one, it has all the elements we like. Uh, absolutely. It just yeah. must have had a really bad chef. It's that line from Morecambe and Wise, isn't it? I'm playing all the all the right notes, but not necessarily yeah, exactly. in the right order. Yeah, the dialogue yeah. is terrible. There's not very many memorable lines, and some of the exposition is truly awful. The acting's not great. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the truck is fairly boring. I'd rather see a show about the gazelle helicopter that comes out of it than the truck. Definitely. Definitely, yeah. So, yeah, I'm afraid it's a miss from me too. Oh, well, that, that was a nice couple of hours <laughs> of our lives that we're never going to get back. I don't know what's worse, the fact that we covered it or people have to listen to this now. Well, they don't yeah. have to listen well, to it, well, but then later please do. We can do a know. podcast about this podcast, about the TV series. <laughs> yeah. Critiquing the yeah. podcast, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, maybe yeah. better look next time, eh? Well, thank you for listening. Uh, please subscribe and rate us wherever you download this podcast. 
and thank you to our current Patreon supporters. Until next time, goodbye. Bye. Bye.